Welcome to the CPA Success Podcast, helping you be more successful at work and in your life. We profile topics and speakers that are influential in your world. Here are your hosts, Jen Nicholson and Blair Cook. Welcome back to the CPA Success Podcast. I'm Jen Nicholson. And I'm Blair Cook. Today we have with us Daniel Marquez. Daniel is a very sharply dressed consulting executive with Accenture Canada. He is a passionate expert with experience ranging from technology strategy through all aspects of the implementation lifecycle. Today, Daniel talked with us about strategic planning and how technology and innovation should be embedded into the strategic planning process. Let's listen in. We're here with Daniel Marquez with Accenture Canada and the University Consulting Group. Uh, Daniel, welcome. Great to be here. Uh, I think we're probably uh, all familiar with Accenture Canada, but perhaps a lot of us aren't familiar with the University Consulting Group. Could you just spend a few moments telling us what that's about? Sure. Uh, University Consulting Group is an organization that I've been involved with. It's out of the University of Toronto right now, but we are thinking about growing that, that brand and expanding it. It's an organization that's focused on bringing volunteers from the consulting sector, pairing them up with smart, capable students from academia, and using them to help provide strategic pro bono advisory services to charities and nonprofits. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, strategic planning. Great. And let's start with uh, a little bit of the impetus behind strategic planning. Maybe you can just describe for us disruption. And disruption, we hear it all around us. It's kind of a, a buzzword. Could you maybe just articulate disruption in your own words? Sure. Disruption is a great term that can, that can describe almost anything you want it to, but I'll give you my perspective on what do I think disruption is and why is it important. Disruption is a fundamental change in the rules of the game. So organizations have been evolving, offering new services and doing new things forever. But disruption is about organizations coming out of the ether and doing something fundamentally different or changing the rules by which everyone has historically been able to operate. And the reason why that causes a lot of challenges for organizations is that they're not in a position to shift quickly enough to account for those changes, or they're not comfortable with the prospect of getting ahead of that and absorbing those changes and changing the way that they think. And so disruption really is, it's impacting not just like technology companies, it's, it's much broader than that, is, is it not? Is it, do you think of disruption across all sectors? Yeah, disruption is something that can affect any organization in any sector. There's been obviously a more compelling impact or a more immediate one that people are aware of when it comes to organizations in the retail space, for example. Everyone is quite familiar with the example of Blockbuster, People are you know, very familiar with the fate that a lot of retailers have been impacted by in the last few years, having to shutter up because of the effect of Amazon, for example. But disruption and specifically technology driven disruption is a big factor that every organization needs to think about. And is this elevating the importance of strategic planning in organizations today? Is this a driver for undertaking more strategic planning exercises? I think it is. I think it's driving a couple of behaviors that organizations may not have historically prioritized and need to start thinking about more. One is strategic planning. Two is the role that technology has in their organization. And three is the role that innovation plays in being effective and consistently viable in the market. Okay, well, let's see if we can drill into each of those threes, beginning with the strategic planning, you know, in, in uh, the businesses that uh, we're involved with. You know, I see a, a lot of companies out there that don't spend or give a great deal of credence to a strategic planning process uh, inside their organizations or even undertake it uh, frequently, if at all. 
In terms of the circles you travel in, do you see the same sort of things? And is this is there a trend growing towards more strategic planning? I don't think any executives out there will say that they are, they don't value being strategic. But I think that the reality tends to play out a little bit different. They will show the limit to which they're willing to invest in their strategy uh, because of what is perceived as a focus on action. Now, there is a distinction between the action an organization is taking and the strategy that it has at the core of what it wants to accomplish. But if the two are not implicitly linked, you're taking action, but you're not necessarily taking action that moves you in any meaningful direction. And so would you suggest that uh, to listeners that strategic planning is something that every organization should be undertaking at some level beyond just an owner or an executive thinking about it? 100%. Yeah. And what would be the key benefits of, of, a, of every organization thinking or, or implementing some sort of a strategic planning process? I think it does a few things. At its core, it helps organizations make better use of their resources and better position themselves in the world that they operate. Without a strategy to guide the action that you're taking, you are spending resources and investing and using your effort based on whatever is most immediately visible at the moment. Whatever is top of mind, that's where you're spending your time. Without a strategy to guide your action, you are spinning your wheels a lot of the time or you're, you're, you're moving forward, but you're not moving in the right direction. And one of the challenges, of course, that gives strategy kind of um, you know, a bad name in some circles, and particularly like with small entrepreneurs, is that they can't make that connection between you know, having a direction and actually aligning the resources and the organization to execute the uh, direction that they've set. So my question, I guess, is how do you take that? What is there best practices or, or guidance we could give to our listeners around how you actually execute strategy successfully? Yeah, and I think that that speaks to the, the other important part of strategy and strategic planning, which is also understanding the environment you're going to need to operate in down the road and preparing adequately for that. So if you think there are things that are likely to change, you are if you think that there's new technology that's likely to play an increasingly important role, or if you think that there are new industries, new markets that you need to consider and you need to to get into, you can't have a concerted effort to get there without a strategy. So how do you make your strategy effective in execution? You need to have a clear delineation between the high level things you're trying to achieve and how does that bubble all the way down to the specific set of actions you intend to take on a year over year basis. And it's that traceability from your vision and your imperatives that underpin your strategy to the action that you intend to take at the the bottom of of the planning process. And as you go through your plan and as you execute, tracking against those things to figure out if you're actually delivering on what you expected, that makes the strategy successful. What are the key roles that CPAs uh, in organizations are playing in the strategic planning process? I think that the the role there is understanding what's actually happening and also understanding what's possible. So having access to the right information, having access to a better view of how we're using our resources is essential to figuring out how we intend to allocate them and figuring out if we're actually achieving the, the expected results. Okay. Uh, let's shift on to the uh, the second uh, point you raised at the outset there, which, which is around the role technology has in the strategic planning process. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on how technology is changing the strategic planning process? I think historically, the role that technology has played in a lot of organizations is that of being a secondary role player. So an organization will establish a strategy up front They'll define the markets they want to attack, the way that they want to engage customers, the products they want to offer, 
And then after all that is set, they'll start to think about the technology that they need in order to support those things. What's changing now is that technology is not just a role player or a supporting part of it. Technology is actually informing what is possible about your strategy. Technology has a frontline role to play at the table as you're trying to figure out what is it that you want to become and how do you want to accomplish that. Yeah, so it's no longer a supporting function. It really is the enabling function. It's really, it is the strategic function in many right. businesses. And the important thing to think about is that at the end of the day, it's still not about the technology itself. It's about what the technology makes possible. So uh, I think a great example of this is the, the recent sort of pre-launch or discussions that have been coming out from Amazon about the stores that they intend to have that people can use to walk in and have a seamless experience where they pick up something, they walk out of the store, and it's been purchased. Now, the reason why this is compelling is not the technology. The technology that underpins that is complicated and novel, and the first one or two times you walk into the store, you might find that to be interesting. But at the end of the day, the thing that's going to keep people coming back is the experience that that technology helps us create. And I think that that's at the core of how people need to start thinking about strategy is in the context of the experience that they want to shape for all the different audiences that interact with the organization. There must be a different skill set between our traditional people who would run our, you know, our technology functions inside of our organizations who keep the networks alive and support the desktop users and the sort of technology enablement that you're kind of talking about. I think both are true. I think that there is a lot of overlap between historical IT organizations and the kinds of capabilities that are required to drive the digital strategy and the technology strategy of an organization as a at-the-table player in the strategic process. But I agree that there is also a, a lot of capabilities there that are more about historically maintaining what has existed, maintaining that network, things like that. Yeah, I think it's more, like, certainly in the companies we get involved with, it's, uh, it's, it's rare to find somebody who has kind of a, who has, has a technology background but that strategic mindset who's scanning the, you know, the landscape for kind of what's possible, who's thinking about the business model from a technology standpoint. And the counterpoint that I'll, I'll argue is a lot of people that are in the space and have leadership roles in that space, they may have these perspectives, they may be in a position to understand them, but the organization may not yet be mature enough or ready to give them the platform to explore those ideas and take point on actually driving something that has a major role in the strategy. For example, a lot of the technology leadership in many organizations, you'll see that they report up to the CFO. Usually that's structured that way because IT as a cost center is something to be managed and to be constrained. But the reality today is that technology needs to be front and center in the way you think about what you actually want to accomplish. Yeah, and so that's a good point. So technology really does need to have a seat at the strategic table Absolutely. Just, just for what you're talking about. Absolutely. Not, and not necessarily because we're selling technology, although that's also a potential option that organizations are starting to realize that they can actually explore. But because without having technology at the forefront of our thinking, it becomes increasingly difficult to actually shape the experiences we need to create. Okay, let's move on to the third point you raised at uh, the outset there, which was around uh, the role innovation plays in setting our strategy and how do we embed an innovative culture? You know, how do we establish an innovative culture for, you know, bricks and mortars businesses that have done business traditionally the same way for, you know, perhaps even decades? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And it comes down to building maturity and growing in the way you not only have innovation capabilities in place, but think about the concept of innovation. How I usually position it to my clients is that innovation 
is not something that follows a traditional maturity curve of incrementally upticking linearly up and to the right, if you're looking at a graph of, of maturity growth. Innovation is something that follows a curve that looks a little bit more like a, a C. If you have you know, along one axis, the, the degree of centralization along your horizontal, and if you're, you're vertical, is the degree of, um, of maturity. Now, what that looks like is most organizations, they start off from a base of saying, sure, we innovate. We just tell our people that they need to be more innovative, and then they go and they do it. But that's largely ineffective, right? The side-of-the-desk approach doesn't really create the kind of compelling innovations that can help an organization fundamentally change. As you evolve, the, the path that most organizations take is they mature by building more capabilities and starting to centralize the concept of innovation to have a more enterprise view on it and to empower a group of people with an agenda around be innovative. Now, that's helpful. It starts to create processes and structure and governance to formally think of an innovation. And most importantly, it usually starts to free up resources and capital associated with innovation. The limitation there is that you usually have a group of people that sit off in a you know a little hold-off room in the corner and they have a bunch of cool stuff on the walls and once in a while they'll jump out of the room, say Eureka, show off a fancy gadget, and no one cares. So I don't want to I don't want to begrudge that that fact because I think it's important that people move the organizations move through that level of maturity and start to think about innovation and care about innovation. But that's still just partway through the process. Now, as you start to continue back through the curve, that's your inflection point. The next step is to think about innovation more as a capability of your organization, as a core element of what your organization does. And ultimately, the far end of the maturity spectrum is back towards that side of being decentralized, and it's innovation as a core element of your culture. It's innovation embedded at the front of every conversation that people in your organization have. So every time they're thinking about an approach, a product, a service, Every time they're thinking about a different way to do the books or to report on information, they're starting from a place of thinking about, can I do this more innovatively? Do I have the time and the resources in order to do that? And that's what I think has driven some of the most successful organizations that are out there to be as successful as they have been, is by empowering people to be innovative, not just by implying that they are and asking that they go and think on their on their off days, but by actually expecting it and demanding it from each and every individual. Yeah. And so you may, you raised the point of embedding it in the culture. That's kind of the, the final stage of mm-hmm. the, the maturity right. uh, life cycle you're and speaking of. And now the, the funny part about that is that without maintaining that and about without actively focusing on what it takes to keep that in place and keep that culture strong, what you'll often see is an organization thinks that they're at that peak of culture, that decentralized version of culture, but that what's actually happened is that they have dropped right back down to that original starting point where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, my people are taking care of innovation, but those people have forgotten about the importance of it and it's been lost. And the only way to get back to the place that they were is to go back through that C curve. You can't just go from one back to five, but it's pretty easy to go from five back to one. Is there any good examples as to how you can reinforce that innovation so that they don't have that slippage? I think it's placing demands on your people and an expectation that that good is not good enough, right? Doing your job and doing it well is not the expectation of ultra high performance organizations. Doing things that are way out there, doing things differently, coming up with compelling, powerful ideas is the expectation 
of the most high-performing organizations out there. And not just at the leadership level, but across the organization. And it's not just products and services we're talking about, like the big I innovation. It's kind of little I innovation. It's process improvement. It's incremental improvements across right. every every role. Yeah, it's, it's people that feel like they are empowered to change things and to offer up ideas on a daily basis and that feel like there is an expectation that they're not doing their job if they're not doing that, which drives both the small I, the incremental improvements, in their in their everyday lives as well as the opportunity to feel empowered to offer up the big game-changing ideas that drive disruption excellent so uh, again just to wrap this up and bring this all together because we were talking about strategic planning this element of innovation then becomes a part of the strategic planning process i think that they are they go hand in hand right so i think establishing your strategic plan sets a direction for what you want to accomplish and your innovation helps to drive ideas that make that a success, right? And the upfront view of the things that you're thinking about and tapping into that innovative culture helps to fuel some of the thinking that starts your innovation process off and helps to direct your leaders as they think about what the art of the possible is for your organization. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fantastic content about strategic planning. I was here with Daniel Marquez. And uh, he's with Accenture Canada. Thank Thank you very much. I know. Thank you for listening to the CPA Success Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. Visit www.cpacanada forward slash podcast 